my wonderful Lord. There you go. <laughs> Heavenly Father, we thank you for the privilege and opportunity to be in your house this morning. We're thankful that you are a wonderful Lord, that you look out for us and care for us, care for us more than we probably even know. We ask now that you just be with us this morning as we quiet our minds and hearts to the things and cares of the world. Thank you for bringing the shoulders here. I pray that you'll uh, give him the words uh, that you've laid on his heart, the message that we stand in need of, that we can be encouraged, we can be edified, and we can walk away from this place uh, better equipped to serve you. We're thankful for all you've done for us in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, if I could call your attention to a few of the announcements. First off, there's helpers needed for the four- and five-year-old's children's church. So a four- and five-year-old children's church, anyone interested or willing to help should see Miriam or Dave Smith or Elaine States. So if you're willing or able, four- and five-year-old children's church, see one of those individuals. Also, don't forget this Wednesday is the annual Thanksgiving prayer and praise service. We've got a program set up. Jim's been working hard at that. And uh, we've got uh, time for praising, testimonies, some scripture, songs. And so you won't want to miss that. That's this Wednesday at 7. There'll be no Awana. So if you'll remember that as well. Uh, don't forget the home in-gathering. We took the special offering last week. Um, it, we've got a few uh, folks we want to take care of. But if you know of anybody that's in need, it seems funny. There, there's always people in need. But it seems funny. It, it's difficult to get names. So all we want to do is help people. We want to be a blessing to them. So if you know of anybody that would be encouraged by that, see one of us deacons, and we'll be sure to take care of that as well. Um, don't forget December 3rd, Saturday at 9 a.m. is the decorating for the church for the Christmas season. Uh, there's a sign-up sheet in the foyer for that. Also, the annual Christmas social. Must be important. It's there in red. So the annual Christmas social. Don't forget, December 10th at 530. Please plan to come to that. Uh, Jeff and Tanya Schuler and the family will be here. That's the weekend that he'll be here officially candidating that Sunday, but they'll be here for that social, so you'll get to know these folks a little more. Also, you know that every year the Spares and Pairs, they pick a, a missionary to, uh, to be featured. This year it's Josh and Joanna Town, and they'll actually be able to be at the dinner as well. So you can talk to them about their ministry. As you know, well know, they're going to be in the Philadelphia area trying to reach Muslims. So if they don't have a daunting past, then uh, we need to pray for them. But there's going to be, uh, if you'd like to give a love gift, there'll also be the basket there. They have needs of a portable sound system, LCD projector, chairs, and other things as they look forward to us uh, getting that church started and set up. 
Again, I mentioned we're happy to have the Schulers with us this morning. Um, let me give you a quick update on my father-in-law, if I could. Uh, he's still in the hospital. They're hoping that he can come home tomorrow. Possibly the levels are finally where they should be. He ended up getting three units of blood this past week. Uh, if you'll pray for his strength, uh, they're supposed to go up Wednesday to meet with the oncologist in Philly. So pray that they'll be able to get good information from him, get a good course of action. So continue to pray for him, my mother-in-law, and Dave Smith, as he's graciously uh, going to take them up to Philly and battle that traffic on the worst day of the year to travel. So pray for safety as well for that. But we do uh, appreciate the continued prayers for him. Turn in your hymnals now to page 132, The Old Rugged Cross, page 132.
thankful for that fact that we will one day be with you. And while we're here, O Lord, may we praise you in our offering to you. May we honor you with the gifts that we have. For in Christ's sake we ask it. Amen. now to page 268, Christ liveth in me.
nice again today to, to welcome Brother Schuler to our pulpit. Again, be attentive and learn and listen and enjoy. I'm feeling young today. <laughs> God bless you, brother. God bless you, brother. Hey, it's good to be in church this morning. I'm glad to be here. We blew in with the leaves and everything else that was blowing around. Just a reminder of what's to come, lest we get... Uh, satisfied with this warm weather we've had. Uh, we had some snow and sleet last night. Actually had to brush off some of the cars this morning. So uh, always has to get cold and nasty right before the first day of deer season. <laughs> Only appreciated by the hunters in the room. <laughs> but it's good to be here in the Lord's house and uh, good to see all of you folks. We still don't have all the names down, but more and more faces are looking familiar. And it's nice because as we're home and we're praying for the church and uh, praying for you folks, I don't know the names necessarily, but I can see faces. And so the Lord knows the names, and that's what's important. But it's definitely good to be with you this morning. And Tanya, she worked last night, so she got off about 6 o'clock. Hasn't been to bed yet. So they make these little things called five-hour energy drinks. So I figure she's got about two and a half hours yet before she's out. <laughs> I said, don't worry, hon, it's cold, it's windy, it's nasty, but we're headed south. So I don't know how, maybe an hour south, but um, it's south, better than heading north today. So, all right, good to be here. Appreciate everybody uh, extending the warm greeting, and we have been praying, and we're excited uh, to, to see what the Lord's will is in terms of the church here. So uh, just keep praying for us, and we're praying for you. That's what we want, is God's will to be done, amen? It's no fun operating outside of the will of God. I've been there a time or two. And uh, there's nothing better than being where God wants you to be, doing what God wants you to do, and having His hand of blessing upon you. And so that's what we seek. Turn in your Bibles, if you would, to the book of Ephesians, chapter number 5. The book of Ephesians, chapter number 5. I'm going to read one verse, which is going to be our text Now, this is uh, Thanksgiving week, um, and so I want to bring a message on the topic of being thankful and thanksgiving. I appreciate the songs that we sang uh, and how they tie into the message this morning. God always seems to, to work that out. Even though I was not able to get my message title here in time for the bulletin, God knows what he's doing. 
Ephesians chapter number 5 and verse 20, and most of you should be there by now. And this is Paul writing, and he simply says this, um, verse 20, Giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Tremendous verse there. Giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. This week, as we gather for Thanksgiving, and hopefully most of us will be sitting around with family and friends, and we will share uh, things that we're thankful for, ways that, that God's blessed us. And it's not difficult to do that. That is one thing that you can be put on the spot for. Say something that you're thankful for. And most of the time, we can come up with something, whether it's family, uh, our health, or things like that. It's not difficult, especially when things are going well in life. But sometimes, uh, things aren't going well. And it's much more difficult to be thankful. But you'll notice in this verse, Paul said, giving thanks always. But look at that, for all things. Giving thanks always for all things. How many of you would say, yes, that is difficult. I've been in some things. I've faced some things that, quite honestly, it was difficult to thank God for. But yet Paul said that. Giving thanks always for all things. So I want to focus this morning on this type of gratitude, this type of thankfulness. This type of thankfulness that Paul's talking about isn't based on our circumstances or how happy we are at the moment or how comfortable things are in our life at the time, but rather it comes from a recognition and recognizing that we don't deserve anything from God. God is good. And just the simple fact that he saved us and promised us heaven, isn't that enough? He owes us nothing else, yet he's still good to us. He blesses us in ways sometimes we don't even recognize his blessings and how good he is to us. And he deserves for us to bless him and thank him for working in our lives and having a purpose even for those trials and the storms that we face in life. This morning, we're going to read about Paul in the midst of a storm in the book of Acts. I don't know why God keeps putting me in the book of Acts every time I come here, but a different chapter this time. And we're going to look at Paul in the midst of a storm that threatens his life, yet he still manages in the midst of this storm to find something to be thankful. And I want us to consider how we can develop an attitude of genuine thankfulness that's not contingent upon our present circumstances. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we are thankful for this morning. Lord, we could just continue thanking you for how good you are to us. Oh, yes, Lord, there's things that we're not happy about. There's challenges that we're facing. Some are facing health issues, family crises, financial problems. But, Lord, we can still be thankful because you're good to us. Help us this morning to learn the lessons that you have for us. May our hearts be prepared to receive it. Father, help me to deliver this message unhindered, Father, but with perfect liberty to preach what you've placed on my heart. May you receive honor and glory. God, if there's anyone here this morning that doesn't know you as their personal Savior, we pray the Holy Spirit of God would have free liberty and free course to convict as he sees fit and may people be responsive. And we'll thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. So again, going back to our text verse in Ephesians, Paul said this, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, the Apostle Paul would never admonish us to do something that he didn't practice himself. So flip back to the book of Acts, if you would. Just back a couple of books. We had preached the last couple of times from Acts chapter 17. This time we're going to be in Acts chapter 27. It's interesting, I don't preach out of Acts that much, but for some reason, the messages that God's had me preach here have been from the book of Acts. And so we'll be obedient and do that. So Paul's thankfulness, we're going to see, is not contingent upon his circumstances. But in Acts 27, 
Paul is entering a ship, and he had already warned the captain of this ship to not set sail. He said that this, sh- that this uh, journey would be filled with, with peril, not just for the goods, but also uh, their lives would be in danger. Uh, but they didn't listen to Paul, and they set sail anyway. And I want you to notice some things about this storm that Paul was in. Look at verse number 12. Because the haven was not commodious to winter in, the more part advised to depart thence. Now this is against Paul's counsel. If by any means they might attain to Phenis and there to winter, which is an haven of Crete and lieth toward the southwest and northwest. Verse 13, And when the south wind blew softly, supposing that they had obtained their purpose, loosing thence, they sailed close by Crete. But not long after, there arose against it a tempestuous wind called Eurachlodon. And when the ship was caught and could not bear up into the wind, we let her drive. Now I want you to notice this, this terrible storm that Paul's experiencing, that it came up suddenly. It was a sudden storm. And storms in our life, trials and problems, often come up suddenly. You know, I remember uh, several years ago, I was sitting in church on a Sunday evening, and it was just a typical Sunday evening. We watched football that afternoon. We napped a little bit, uh, waited till the last minute. We got dressed for church. We headed out the door. Uh, We came in. We greeted folks. We sat down. The songs were sung, just like it was uh, typically every Sunday evening. And I sat over here on this side of the church, and just as the pastor got up to preach the message... Somebody tapped me on the shoulder and said, you have a phone call from North Carolina. And suddenly out of nowhere, a storm blew in. And I got a phone call that my 18-year-old nephew, Casey, was involved in a car accident. And he was driving a pickup truck and there were five people in the other car. And it was a horrific accident and there were no survivors. 18 years old. And so we had to... I mean, that was a storm that came up suddenly, and it changed our lives forever. And sometimes a storm is sudden, even though it's expected. Four years prior to that, my sister Tracy, who was two years older than me, she had fought cancer for 10 years. And we knew that that was probably going to take her life someday. In fact, there were periods of time over that 10-year period that it looked very grim. And she'd be in remission, and we'd be rejoicing, and she'd be living life, and you'd never know anything was wrong. But we knew that at any moment, we could get that call that she's taking a turn for the worse, and this time not recover. And sure enough, suddenly, I was working one day, and I got a phone call that said, get all of the family to North Carolina if you want to say goodbye to Tracy. And they kept her on life support till we got down there. And we said goodbye and then had to make the decision to pull the plug, as they say. Even though we, in our minds, expected that someday that trial, that storm was going to come, It still rocked our world. That's how storms are. This storm, Paul warned them that this trip would be filled with perils. But when they left, if you look at verse 13, it says, When the south wind blew softly, supposing that they had obtained their purpose. Hey, this is the perfect time to sail. It's all going to be good and wonderful. Verse 14 says, Not long after. When everything seemed okay, not long after there arose against it a tempestuous wind called Eurachlodon, which is like a hurricane. So this terrible storm was sudden. It was also severe. Look at verse 15. And when the ship was caught and could not bear up into the wind, we let her drive. This wasn't just rough seas for these sailors. This was a severe storm. Verse 17 says, which when they had taken up, they used helps undergirding the ship and fearing lest they should fall into the quicksands. Strake sail, and so were driven. 
Verse 18, and we being exceedingly tossed with a tempest the next day, they lightened the ship. And the third day, we cast out with our own hands the tackling of the ship. This was a severe storm. When they're casting off the side of the ship, the tackling, and they're trying to lighten the ship, you know it's severe. A severe storm in your life will rearrange your priorities. Will it not? It'll, things that, are, that you think one day are worth fighting for, all of a sudden you realize they don't matter at all. This, these are the storms I'm talking about. Look at verse 20. This storm was sustained. And when neither sun nor stars in many days appeared, you couldn't see the sun or the stars for many days, and no small tempest lay on us. Look at this. Have you ever, does this ever, does this describe a storm in your life that you've ever faced? All hope that we should be saved was then taken away. My, my, my. What a storm the Apostle Paul faced. We could read on after 14 days. They're casting anchors. They're praying for daylight. Just about to flee the ship in a safety boat. Paul said, you get in that boat, you're done. So they cut the boat, the safety boat. Paul convinces them to stay. And then in verse 34, Paul said, Wherefore I pray you to take some meat, for this is for your health, for there shall not an hair fall from the head of any of you. Verse 35, And when he had thus spoken, he took bread and gave thanks to God in presence of them all. And when he had broken it, he began to eat. Paul is experiencing a terrible storm and takes a moment to sit down and express a thankful spirit. Are you able to be thankful? I understand it's easy to be thankful when you just got the promotion, when you've got your health, when everything's going well and the kids are coming in for Thanksgiving, when the bills are paid. I understand we can sit around the Thanksgiving table and say, thank God for his goodness. But what about when this storm has overtaken your life? Can you sit down and thank God? Express a spirit of thankfulness. I thought about this. Originally, I thought, you know, you, you, just reading this, you almost get the idea that Paul just gave thanks for the food. And I'm sure he did. But I don't think it's how we generally sit, sit down and give thanks for food. Lord, thank you for this food. Bless our bodies. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs> at least that's how it is at my table. What could Paul have been thankful for? Do you think he prayed and thanked God for more than just the food? This is the same Paul who found joy in trials and afflictions and sufferings. I never read where Paul said, hey, I enjoy the trials and afflictions. I don't read that anywhere. But I do read and learn that the Apostle Paul was thankful for trials and afflictions because it, it allowed God to work a great purpose in his life. You don't have to like the storm. You don't have to enjoy the pain, the fear, whatever it is that's, that's resting your soul. You don't have to enjoy that. But we can be grateful and thankful that God even thinks about us. That God even allows us to go through a trial that he can use for a greater purpose. I thought, well, Paul's certainly he's thankful for the provision of food even in the midst of this storm. He recognizes God's providing. Perhaps Paul's thankful, thanking God also for the friends that are with him in this storm. And we, we can look at verse 3 and see that there were friends. That, that were along with Paul on this ship. The Bible says Julius courteously entreated Paul and gave him liberty to go unto his friends to refresh himself. Paul was normally separated from his friends. We read a lot where Paul says, I'm longing to be with his friends. But here Paul had friends. Perhaps he thanked God for that. Thanking God maybe for the protection that God gave him in the storm. Verse 24 Paul said, fear not, or I'm sorry, 
God told Paul, fear not, Paul, thou must be brought before Caesar. And lo, God hath given thee all them that, are, that sail with thee. Thank God for his protection in the storm. And then the promise of the future. Paul, you have, you have work to do. There's a job to do. Thank God. You say, but you don't know how bad it is, preacher. You're, no matter how bad it is today, in this moment, you have a promise of a glorious future. We're going to be in heaven with the Lord. Yes, it might be tough today. It might be a tough week. It might be tough the rest of your life. But we've got to look to that heavenly future. A place that the Lord's gone to prepare for us. And that ought to excite us and help us get through any trial. There's always something, always something, no matter how small, to thank God for and to praise Him for. Paul's in the midst of a storm and still found reason to give thanks. And the Bible says 276 souls witnessed the grace of God on Paul's life in the midst of that storm. What's required for us to have that attitude where we could be thankful in all things? I want to say our focus must be on the Lord Jesus Christ and not the storm. If you're going through life and you're focusing on your problem and you're looking for the next problem, you're going to have a difficult time being thankful in the midst of your storm. But when your eyes are on Jesus Christ, it'll put things in perspective. Abraham Lincoln said it like this, most people are about as happy as they make up their minds to be. You say, well, that's just man's wisdom. But there's a biblical truth in there, in the scriptures. The Bible talks about our heart. The heart is the place where we store memories. It's the place, it uh, refers to our thoughts, the things that we think and contemplate about. These thoughts, what's in our heart, determines who we are, what we are, and who and what we will become. Here's a scripture verse. Proverbs 23, 7 says, For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. We always think about, well, if we think wicked and sinful thoughts, thoughts, that we will be a sinful and wicked person. But can I submit to you that if you think negative, if you're looking for the booger behind every bush, you're going to find it. If you think critical, if you're always thinking that a failure and defeat and negativity, that's what you are filling your life with. But when you focus on Christ... And you think about how great and wonderful he is and how blessed you are that he even knows your name. When you think about, if you can't think of anything else, you think about him going to that cross for you. And you keep that in the forefront of your mind. It'll change the quality of your life. There's even a relationship between our thoughts in the heart and how we feel physically. Proverbs 15, 13 says, a merry heart maketh a cheerful countenance. A merry heart maketh a cheerful countenance. But by sorrow of the heart, the spirit is broken. Instead of focusing on the problem, instead of looking at the negative and how they affect you, instead of looking inward and looking around at the storm and saying, why me? I don't like this. This is uncomfortable. Get your focus on Jesus Christ. And remember this. He owes us nothing. He owes us nothing. But he's given us everything. Oh, but preacher, the pain, the stress, the worry, the sadness. Look to him. Look to him. Hey, whatever your plight is, it's temporary. It's temporary. We've got heaven. I'll be 50 years old next year. I thought, I thought I'd just turned 48. 
For a year, I thought I was going to be turning 48. Then somebody reminded me I'm 49. Next year, I'll be 50. I can't believe it. I, I, in my mind, I can't be older than 30. What happened to 20 years of my life? I lost one year just like that. <laughs> what, happened to the, what happened to 20 years? In 20 years, I'll be my dad's age. And in 20 years after that, I might not even be here. My grandmother, just, she, she'll be 92. She can't wait to leave. She says, all I do is sit. I'm not producing anything. People come to see me, but you know, I don't have anything to offer. She says, why doesn't God just take me? She's so ready to go home. It goes that quick that we've got heaven. You see how important it is for us to focus on heaven, to focus on our Lord? If, we're, if you're looking down, if you're looking around at your problems, there's no joy. Very difficult to be thankful in that storm. Don't spend time on what if and worst case scenarios. Don't entertain critical, depressing, anxious, fearful, uh, you know, self-centered or, or jealous thoughts. Say, no, I'm not going to think about those things. It's difficult. It's not easy to do. That's why Paul had to command it. 1 Thess 5.18, I think I saw that on the screen here. 1 Thess 5.18. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. He's telling us. Why does he have to tell us that? Why does that have to be a, a command? Because it's not easy. It's not natural for us to think that way. Eric Hoffer said this, the hardest arithmetic to master, unless you, unless you do common core, Brother Yost, <laughs> the hardest arithmetic to master is that which enables us to count our blessings. Why is it so easy for us to find the negative, to point out the negative? When somebody says, how are you doing? Why is it so easy to say, oh boy, work's crazy, business is bad, times are tough. It's so easy to say that and difficult to count our blessings. Well, I'm thankful for this. I'm thankful for that. Yeah, but aren't you facing a storm? Yeah, but, but God is good. Even in the midst of the storm, God's good. Paul said, I have learned. I think Philippians 4.11. I have learned. I like knowing that the apostle Paul had to learn some things. He said, I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. Therewith to be content. Paul, Paul didn't say, once I get through the storm, I'll be content. Once this is over, I'll be content. If I can just reach this or that point, I will be content. A lot of times, that's our contentment is based on when these circumstances change. I'll be content. Paul said, whatever state I am. I don't know what state you're in. Everybody here could be living on the mountaintop. That's awesome. There might be some who are facing a storm so bad that I can't even comprehend how bad it is. Paul said, I have learned whether things are great or my life's in peril. I have learned to be content. He gave us a prescription for that in Philippians. You know, it kind of helps when the one giving us advice on being thankful, even when things aren't going right, thanks God when things aren't going right in his life. Philippians 4.4, 4, rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing. Paul could say that. 
I could tell you, don't worry, it's going to be okay. You're like, well, what, what have you ever gone through? Have you ever experienced what I'm going through? Paul can say that. It'll be okay. Be careful for nothing. For in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. Those times when you have to cry out to God, when you're praying, those prayers of supplication, let it be with thanksgiving. He said, let your requests be, known, be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Focus on Him. Finally, brethren, this is the thought prescription. If you're constantly looking at the storm, you can't get your mind out of the negative place that the devil seems to have you, and he will keep you there if you'll let him. This is the prescription. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. You have to fill your mind with the good things of God. There's a family, a very, very close family to me and Tanya, friends of ours. And their son, who just turned 30 years old, full of life. This guy has enough personality, he could fill this room. He walks into a room, boom, friends with everybody. Living life to the fullest. He's musical. He sings. He preaches. He is an entrepreneur. And he's out there selling things for national companies around the country and having great success. He loves to deer hunt and actually worked on... Uh, Television was the cameraman for one of these hunting shows where they go out. It was, it was full, I think, full draw adventures. He was one of the cameramen for them. He's into fitness. This, this young guy, he has it all, just living life. And one day, wasn't, woke up, wasn't feeling good. He went to the doctors, and they admitted him to the hospital. Said, something's not right. And they ran the tests. And they said, Isaac, you've got leukemia. And you've got about five days to live. 30 years old. Can I say rock your world? To use some modern terminology. So he's in the hospital. And Isaac being the energetic, full of life, excited believer that he is, started making Facebook videos. And he's posting he said, you know what? If I don't get out of this hospital in five days, thank God for his goodness. And he, he always says this. No matter what, God is good. Praise God, he says. God is good. Praise God. And he's so popular. Literally thousands of people are reading and hearing about his situation. Praying all over the world. Even made the tele TV, secular news. Need a miracle. And God touched Isaac. And it's been over, well, about a year. Give or, give or take a little bit, about a year. Isaac beat the five-day prognosis. Now, it's been rough. A lot of ups and downs. He's been in and out of the hospital over the past year, and sometimes it looked pretty grim. But you know what? Isaac still says, God is good. No matter what happens, thank God. He is good. Praise his name. That's Isaac's testimony. Then here, about a week or so ago, 
Isaac started getting a really severe headache. Everything was going good. Got this really severe headache. He went back into the hospital and they said, your brain is bleeding. And they said, the cancer's back in there. We don't know what to do. There's nothing else. We have given you every chemotherapy type treatment that we can give. We can give you more, but the cancer is not responding to it at all. So there's nothing else we can do. So they bored some holes in his head to try to alleviate the pressure. Isaac's laying there fighting for his life in excruciating pain. They're giving him the, the, the highest levels of pain medication they can give him that his heart will withstand and it's not touching the pain. And Isaac's laying in the bed. God's good. He said, thank God for his goodness. That's his testimony. So they did some surgery on this severe bleeding. And Isaac's unresponsive. So he's laying in the bed and he's witness to every person, hundreds and hundreds of people from out of state even coming in to visit him. And he witnesses to every single one of them, all the doctors, all the nurses. He's given them the gospel. And he's laying there in that bed, unresponsive. And so, they don't know if he's brain dead or not. So they're trying to stimulate him to see if they can get some brain activity. And his mother said, the pain inflicted is so severe that his body just trembles and shakes. And she said, it's hard for a mom to watch. But you know what she says? Thank God. Thank God for his goodness. She's not thankful for the cancer. She's not happy to see her 30-year-old son lying there on a bed Shaking because the pain's so severe, shocking his body. But they're looking at Christ. They know that no matter what happens, if Isaac doesn't pull out of this, they know where he's going. And that's something to be thankful about. They're thankful for the hundreds, if not thousands, of people that heard the gospel. Because Isaac, instead of focusing on his cancer and saying well woe is me well but now i'm not going to get to see my kids and and he hurried up and got engaged to his girlfriend he's never going to get to marry her he didn't sit there and wallow and and self-pity and 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 anger and frustration and all those negative scenarios he just kept saying thank god god's good no matter what happens god's good everybody he said understand this no matter what happens to me, God is good. And because of that, thousands possibly, certainly hundreds, have heard the gospel and paid attention. Paid attention. And his mom and his family still thanking God. Psalms 100 says, and I'm going to close with this. If we could get a pianist to come, please. And if you'll just pick, pick a song. But Psalms 100 says, Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us and not we ourselves. We are his people. And the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting. And his truth endureth to all generations. See, as long as we're thinking about that, we're thinking about him, 
we won't reflect on our own situation. When we're thinking about how good he's been to us, it's hard to be unthankful. Proverbs 15, I have two scriptures to read, and then we're going to have the pianist play, but Proverbs 15, 15, all the days of the afflicted are evil, but he that is of a merry heart hath a continual feast. And I'll close with this last scripture, Psalms 92. It is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord and to sing praises unto thy name, O Most High. To show forth thy loving kindness in the morning and thy faithfulness every night. Upon an instrument of ten strings and upon the psaltery, upon the harp with a solemn sound. For thou, Lord, hast made me glad through thy work. I will triumph in the works of thy hands. We just have to praise him for what he's done. If the pianist will play, let's all stand all over the building. I just want to ask you this morning, I I don't know what you're going through, and I certainly don't want to belittle anybody's struggles or trials. I don't know what you're facing. I really don't. But I do want to tell you that there's room to be thankful. There's reason to be thankful. Start with the little things. Thank God that you're here this morning. Thank God that you're in a building with people that love you. Thank Him that He loves you. And there's nothing you're facing or going through that He doesn't already know about. He knows what your tomorrow holds. Just thank Him. As we're here this morning, I'm going to ask you to heads bowed and eyes closed. And search your heart. And I'm not even going to ask for a raise of hands, but I'm going to ask you the question, have you been going through some things and you've not been thankful? Have you been asking yourself, well, why would I thank God? Look at, look at where I'm at. Look at what I'm facing. Why do I have to go through this? Has that been your attitude? Don't let the devil do that to you. Don't let him steal the triumph. And maybe you're here this morning and it's just something as simple as, I have failed to thank God for the little things. Just take a moment, just a moment here right now and think about some things that you can be thankful of. Maybe just some little things. Just some little things you can be thankful of. God, I thank you for this. God, I'm thankful for that. All those little things. I was thinking the other night, God, I'm I'm thankful that I have a soft bed to lay in. Doesn't seem like much, but I'm thankful for it, that I'm not laying on the street. And I thank God that my sheets and my blankets and my pillow was clean. It was soft, it was clean, it was dry. I was safe. I had my family there. I just thank God for it. Those little things that are coming in your mind right now, you have God to thank for that. We are blessed. Despite the hardships, we are blessed. Brother Yost. Turn your your hymnals, please, to page 233. More love to thee. We'll sing the first and the third verses.
can't outlove you no matter what our circumstances because you loved us first and you loved us through your son by allowing him to die on the cross for our sins again O oh lord we can only extend our love to you when we are loving toward you be with us as we go from this place O oh lord that we may share that love no matter what the circumstances for christ's sake amen, amen.